us to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to visit my little podcast. I know you are extremely busy, so I don't take it for granted. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So let's just get started. Why don't you tell everyone about yourself? uh, Give a little bit about your background and how you got into the industry. Yeah, so I am a writer director. Uh, I do some producing as well, but I'm also a film curator. And I'm from North Carolina. People always want to know where you're from. I'm from Carolina, Charlotte. So, you know, I uh, bring a little Southern flavor into the stories that I create. Because <laughs> I know where Charlotte is on the map. Because normally when I talk to people from North Carolina, they say a random town. And I'm like, you're making no. it up. I've never heard of that <laughs> part of North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, we call it like a little Atlanta, you know. So it's, awesome. it's home for sure. But... Yeah, I mean, so I got into the film industry really by going to film school. Uh, when I was an undergrad, uh, there was this moment where it just kind of came to me. It was like, why don't you make a movie? Uh, I was doing a lot of research on my Native American ancestry. And I've always been interested in doing doing the research and making some sort of story about it. But at that time, I never thought about filmmaking. I was studying journalism undergrad. So but it kind of came to me one day when I was looking at a book of photography of Native Americans from the 1800s, like, why don't you make a movie? <laughs> and uh, from there, I had a conversation with one of my friends about going to grad school for script writing. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go to film school. So, you know, I went to Howard University, grad school for film school. And my approach to, to film school and going to film school was that I really wanted to tell great stories. You know, I think some people um, think about the film industry, they think about Hollywood, like this big Hollywood director thing. And for me, it's always been about creating worlds and telling great stories. And I kind of come from this point of view of of being a poet. And I used to even be in a spoken word troupe, which is, (laughs) which is, it was fun for sure. Uh, But yeah, I'm a poet, I write songs and so, I approach it more from like an artistic storytelling point of view. And I think Howard was great, a great school to be at for for that reason, but also because it really is a school that teaches you about African and African-American images. So we study African cinema as well as African-American cinema. I think that that is very, very, very important um, as a person of color and as a black filmmaker to know how how your people have been represented on film and in cinema in the past and how much that has impacted how we are viewed as African and African-Americans to the world. And, you know, looking at that, studying that, understanding that portion helps you as a filmmaker make certain decisions about what stories you're telling and how you are representing and telling the human story of black people um, and people of color and women in a way and from from a, from a from a lens that hasn't been told you know it's from a from a from a black lens from a black filmmaking lens so uh howard was great for that <laughs> and i and howard was a, had a program where you learned you can learn everything at the time that i was there there weren't really tracks so i learned script writing directing all of that and so by the time i finished i was like yeah this is do anything yeah, I can do it. I can do it kind of well too. So, <laughs> nah, but yeah, yeah, it's it's been been great going to Howard. 
and uh, learning that I think is really important uh, as a storyteller of color to, to know the history of people and how you've been represented. You said something very interesting that really just caught my ear, um, African cinema. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about that. What are African-American audiences uh, not privy to when they don't really expose themselves to African films? Yeah, so, man. So if we look at what we study at Howard, one of my good friends actually, um, we went to, to school together at Howard. Her name is Jen Nukuru. And she directed, she was one of the directors on Black is King with Beyonce. Uh, and, you know, what we studied at Howard was about these, the classic filmmakers, Simbin. Um, there's, I think that it's, a, it's so many amazing African stories <laughs> that you're right. The general audience, I think, of Black Americans have never seen, have never heard of. And I think that there's a certain level of, like, passion and a certain point of view that we get from African filmmakers that is so unique to, to Africa and the images and the colors and the passion of Africa. And that's why I always say, hey, watch this movie, watch that movie, um, check out this filmmaker. So I think that, that, that that's something we definitely should be looking at opening more up to American audiences. Right. Uh, it's kind of a broad question as far as like, it's so much there as far as um, African cinema goes. But I think it is very important to study. You can't really study African-American cinema without studying African cinema, you know, because, so you know, it's like that's our roots. And, and, and a lot of the amazing black filmmakers that's, that's came along already have studied African cinema. They're influenced by some of these films and filmmakers uh, from Africa. So. It's it's just amazing. They they have amazing amazing stories, and maybe I can suggest some some films. <laughs> I'm here to say I want to list. I, I tell all my guests anything you feel like I should watch. I'm I'm a student first, um, and I'm always open to learning. There's so much in film that I don't know. So yes, I will take the list and I will watch it proudly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go to your uh, another point that you made in your beautiful um, introduction uh, about. Uh, storytelling. Um, I noticed in your bio, bio that you identify as a dramatic storyteller. Um, so what drew you to that particular genre of filmmaking? Yeah, I think um, I love documentaries. I'm right now actually working on a documentary with some other uh, folks more in a producing, associate producing role. But for me, I like creating new worlds and fictional worlds. So I love coming up with what the production design will be, the, the colors, the locations, and drawing out really powerful, passionate performances. And I think that is why I, I'm more drawn to dramatic storytelling because I want to create something new. <laughs> you know, I want to create something that's never been seen before or felt before, in at least in the way I will express it, because we know that that every story in some way has been told before, but you know, I really look forward to expressing it from my mind, my heart, my life experience and putting it on screen. So that is why I'm more drawn to that. You know, I think I see myself a little bit more as a, an artist and maybe that's, maybe that's why, <laughs> but, but yeah. I know it's a lot of new filmmakers are identifying as that, um, whether they're doing film, um, 
their acting or even music, they just kind of put it all under artistry. Um, and I think that's brilliant. It kind of takes the limits off of what you can do as a creative. So um, I think that's awesome. Um, you talked about producing a little bit. Um, I went to grad school for producing at American University. Um, it's a lot of work um, and it tends to be more business driven or more um, logistical. What do you like about producing? Hmm. <laughs> I like, I found out now that I like more creative producing. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely good as a producer, locking in, getting the logistics, scheduling, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I can do that, but do I enjoy that as much as I do directing or writing? I think I prefer creative producing a lot more because I still get to, yeah, work on the creative side, work closer with the director with coming up with some of the, the concepts and what direction we take the story in. So uh, I enjoy creative producing. And that's kind of a new thing that I feel like people are, 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 are kind of actually giving a credit to now and giving a label to is creative producing. Right. So, um, and I know Sundance, I believe in their more recent labs have started to actually focus on that, focus on creative producing. So yeah, nice. a great place to be in. Nice. And I noticed you have some music video credits as well. I, mm -hmm. I feel like um, music videos was the first thing that uh, drew me into even wanting to hold a camera or make a film. Um, I'm a big uh, Rhythm Nation fan. I saw the short film and it changed my life as a kid. Yes. Um, so, and I'm an MTV baby. So uh, what about making music videos uh, excites you? Um, what Talk about your whole experience with that. Yeah, um, I feel like it's a natural progression. Like working on music videos is like, you know, I write poems, you write songs. It's like, yeah, like, let's do it. I can put visuals to music, which I love. And I always, I'm always, when I pitch music videos, I'm always pitching that there's some sort of storyline here. Yeah. Like I used to love the music videos back in the day and it seemed like it was always like a little story, story. in the or like a story throughout. Like you said, you know, you see Michael Jackson's, a lot of his, his oh my God. videos were like, it was a whole storyline. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I'm always um, pitching usually is some sort of like story. And so the recent one, that I worked on was uh, with Cecily and yes. she's a soul singer and we did a visual EP. So we took four of her songs from her EP and created a story around it. And it's about 10 minutes long and it seems like people love it. Uh, but it was, it was really fun to work on that one. That story, we really wanted to tell a story of like black love and how sometimes you're in a relationship or you're in a friendship or in some sort of situationship <laughs> and um, you don't really know how to love yourself. Like you really don't know who you are. So it makes it harder for you to, to really love someone else. And that's basically where we start with the first song where she doesn't really know who she is. And then we see these two people break apart and then we see them come back together again. <laughs> and uh, we just wanted that to feel like a journey. And so that's what we did from beginning to end is a little journey of like, of love. So, so that I saw it, mm -hmm. I, I, I was taken to just, I, it drew me in is what I'm trying to say. I loved it. Um, I, I love the costume design. I think that was one of my favorite parts about it. Um, talk to me about, you just said what, what the goal was with it. 
is it kind of scary working with the artist who creates music and then they bring you on to kind of develop the visuals for it? Is it like, I don't know if they're going to like my idea or is it whatever she or he says goes? How do you walk into a situation like that? Yeah, I think it's different. Okay. <laughs> Artist. And, um, you know, I think that the people that I work with so far, they've been really open to the idea. And I think you definitely, definitely have to be flexible with your idea because it's it's okay. representing who they are as an artist. Just like we we want to be represented for who we are as artists, they're an artist as well. So I think it's important to be able to vibe with someone and to to be able to really connect to their music, understand who they are as an artist, and then come together and bring those ideas together. So I think approaching it, not worrying about whether they're gonna like your idea or not, because usually you are pitching to either the artist themselves or their manager or production company, or if you're with a management company that's managing you already, you know they're kind of representing you. But I think it's just really important to come in uh, open-minded and to know that uh, someone told me early on to know that uh, a lot of what you want will get in there, but not everything. And wow. to be able to always in filmmaking period to know that, especially in filmmaking, um, because you're working with so many different people. And if you're making big budget films um, or um, even indies, there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of um, people who have say so on what the end result becomes, right. and that you just—that's just a part of it, you know. So just know that as a director, if you can hold on to the heart of your story and what is most important to you, then you know that's that's the goal at least. <laughs> how how do you feel about film festivals currently? I think that film festivals are very important. I think that right now we're in a place where if you look at the traditional way that, you know, Hollywood has worked is that film festivals have been the major distribution, you know, one of the major parts of like getting your film seen and getting your film uh, distributed. And I think that that's not going to go away necessarily. I think that the model is going to change because we are, right now all at home in quarantine and it actually makes it a broader thing. So I think film festivals are definitely important to apply to. There's thousands and thousands and thousands. I think it's important to find, to do your research on the film festivals. Think about what your goal is. If, you know, if, if you're looking at trying to, I don't know, get an Oscar or something, then you look at Oscar nominated film festivals that you're going to to create a plan for what film festivals you're going to apply to. And then also make sure that you have a budget set aside if you get into those film festivals so that you can travel there so that you can speak to people there um, at your screening. Uh, so I think film festivals are definitely a model that will stick around. I think is, you know, of course, if you get into a big film festival like AFI, Tribeca, Sundance, Cons then it's it's definitely a great great place and then like i said i think now that there's doing they're doing so many online screenings that even more people will be able to see your work so i think it's i think is i think it's going to stick around i think it's important to to incorporate that nice um and to add to all the things that you uh do as a creative mm -hmm. um i also know that you are uh 
the president or in charge, one of the leaders of the First Baptist of Glenarden Film Ministry. Um, when do you sleep is my question. Because uh, <laughs> you, you, you just, you're doing a lot, but uh, talk about that. How did, how did you get involved with that? Um, and, and what does the ministry do? How does it serve filmmakers? Yeah, so really the idea just came to me one day. I, you know, a member of First Baptist Church of Glenarden uh, in Maryland. Um, and been since I've been at Howard. So yeah, I just, it kind of came to me this, you know, one day it's just like, you know, I prayed about it. It's like, it'd be great to have a ministry at church that one has an evangelism side of showing films that can, you know, help us have more conversations about life and about life choices and stuff like that, but also a ministry that does production. And so we're not only are we, uh, Showing showing films were helping cultivate new filmmakers and, you know, potentially making faith based films, you know, from 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 the church. I think the biggest my biggest goal with the ministry has been to to get out of this traditional thought of what a what a faith based film looks like, what elements are a part of a faith based film. You know, um, I think there's so many ways to talk about spirituality and about God and about life. And it doesn't have to fit into a cookie cutter box. And I think that's really my biggest message. And my goal, you know, as I tell some of my stories is how to incorporate spirituality into uh, my stories in a way that people can digest it, they can understand it and accept it for what it means to them as an individual, opposed to it being this blanket picture of religion. Wow. That makes sense. Wow. Um, that makes perfect sense. Is, is, I have two questions. I'll start with this. Is the ministry open to just members only of First Baptist or can anyone join? I kind of know the answer to that, but I, I just feel like <laughs> thinking that. So yeah, as of right now, anybody can join the film, the film ministry uh, at the church. We wanted to open it to everyone. So, because we realize just like if we're showing a film in the theater, it's being shown to all different peoples from different walk of life with different um, different faiths um, and different levels of spirituality, right? In their relationship with God. So I thought it was important to make sure that we open it up to everybody because how can we draw people in if we're cutting, cutting people off? You know, if we're always keeping our own little silos of you're already a member here or you're already, you know, whatever it is, then we're not really reaching out. So nice. that's why, yeah. It's open. There's the evangelism piece that you made uh, reference to earlier, but again, it's being done in a very unique way. So that is, mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. awesome. What's been the most rewarding part of doing something like this? Um, I've learned a lot. Uh, what I realized in working with the church and doing like little shorts and mini shorts uh, is that there's always an opportunity to kind of talk to, to to people about spirituality, right? So for instance, we did like this little this little boxing mini short for the men's conference at church. Mm -hmm. And when we were shooting this, we were in a real gym in the greedy part of DC. <laughs> and, you know, with some brothers that in there that, that owns the gym, even some of the coaches and stuff that were there, uh, you know, they've they've been through some really tough things in their life. And they were really wonderful people. But, you know, I think that when we were shooting, I just remember praying with one of the, the coaches, 
You know, I remember praying with one of them because I could tell that he was going through something. And that that just kind of hit me hard and it just helped me see that, you know, a lot of times as filmmakers, we're thinking about, okay, this has to be in front of the, this is what what's in the front of the camera. What's this, the story that comes out in the theaters is what's going to make the impact on people's lives. But while we're making movies, we're also impacting the people's lives that are working on the production with us. Uh, when we come into a community and you're shooting a film in a community, it's like, you know, you, you, I think it's important to, to connect with the people in that community. You know, it's like you can't come in their community and say, we're, we're blocking off your street this week because we're shooting here and we're not going to connect with who you are as people. I think that keeping that in mind as a filmmaker is that whoever you're touching base with and connecting with as you're making the movie is just as important as the people who will be on the other side of the screen when they see the movie. Wow. So, so yeah. I'm going to um, do a shameless plug for you. I love being a part of the film um, ministry at First Baptist Glen Arden. I'm not just saying this because Terrell's here. Um, what I appreciate about it is the fact that um, it accomplishes everything that you said, but there's, a, a, a for me, a sense of community. And I was sharing with a friend, um, I've enjoyed the Zoom sessions that we've even done uh, during quarantine. Uh -huh. And every time that we've met the series that you've had with all the creatives about uh, producing, writing, and directing, mm -hmm. um, I felt like I was in person uh, enjoying it, even though we were on Zoom. It, it's just awesome. that community-based mm -hmm. for me. Um, and so as a member um, of the ministry, thank you for um, facilitating just yeah. a culture um, different ideas come through people pitching stories and the way mm -hmm. you and the guests come in and help out. Um, it's amazing. So wow, thank you. That means a lot. Say, yeah. And lot. <laughs> I would say that on camera, off camera, I tell people about yeah. it all the time. So um, yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah. That means, that means a lot because, you know, sometimes you wonder if your efforts is really doing what you, you hope that it is doing. So um yeah, I'm so glad you're a part of the ministry. You've been really essential as well. Oh, wow. And just keeping us going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so on the topic of faith-based films, um, on earlier episodes, I made it no secret. Um, please don't judge me. I hate, <laughs> or at one point, they weren't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite genre of film. Let me do it that way. Um, because as you said, there was a template that you followed. Mm -hmm. um, actually, there's a, a satire that I'm watching now. Um, it's not it's not for the body of Christ, so I'm not endorsing anyone to look at it, but the name of the film is called Faith-Based. Mm -hmm. And they poke fun at the fact that most Christian films or faith-based films just have these things that you have to do to make it work. Um, and for a while, it took me a minute to get into the genre itself. Um, I will say that since... Uh, uh, I guess the latter part of last year, I've seen a few where it's just really started to change my mind and force me just to expand mm. uh, beyond what I thought it could be in as the way as the way you stated it. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, where do you see the genre going as far as faith-based films? I, I'm and not so much what's the definite trend, but when it comes to telling stories now. Um, where, where, how do you see new filmmakers approaching it? Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like it's still developing, honestly, as far as faith-based films go. I don't think I've seen, honestly, a lot of faith-based films that don't fit into that traditional, like you said, narrative. Yeah. I think that where we are right now as filmmakers is we have to kind of develop what that will be. You know, what that new kind of faith-based narrative, spiritual. I, I say, I, I think even like the title of faith-based film is kind of up for argument as well for me, you know, because I think that, you know, more on a spiritual side, it's more about your relationship with the God that you believe in. It's not about, it's not really about always being in church or um, it's not about, I don't want to get into it too much. No, you're fine, but I, I get <laughs> but, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. The check boxes on the list that's supposed to be. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would say as far as faith-based film, uh, I'm not sure really where it's going. And I hope that, like I said, filmmakers like myself and you, we can figure out how do we put our beliefs and 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 some of the the positivities of uh, spirituality into our stories in a in a unique way. I think that's that's where it's really at. Um, it doesn't have to be. I think some people even think, oh, this is a faith based film, and you curate that for a certain audience, but you're leaving again. You're leaving out a whole audience of people that could experience this film. And then you also say a faith-based film has to be PG or it has to be PG-13 and this can't be in there and that can't be in there. And the truth is like, everybody is living a real life. <laughs> you know, we're all going through real things. And I think starting with a story that is just about real life and not trying to, 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 to kind of like, like I said, blanket it with this idea of religion, I think opens it up more for a real life story to actually save someone's life. Uh, so I think, you know, just thinking more about flexibility and freedom as a filmmaker and, and how you can incorporate that into your own story is more of at least an approach to, to, to speaking about God and spirituality. What does success look like for you as a filmmaker? You I think, you know, and I can speak of, of kind of like where I am right now. I think one, you're right, I've never approached this idea of the film industry or making movies as a way to necessarily get a big check <laughs> or to um, be popular necessarily or anything. I think that I've always looked at it like, I just wanna express myself <laughs> as a creative person. Uh, I just wanna tell great stories and I wanna make sure that as I'm telling stories, they're really human, they're really authentic, and that they represent me and people who look like me and um, just in the human sense of the word, no matter what people look like and where they come from and what race they are, but that they're just really great stories. And that is, I think that there's two things when I think about success in this, there's one is if I can look at my film and say, wow, that really is an expression of me. And I'm proud of me for telling the story that way. Um, that is a bit of success personally for me to say I expressed myself and people understood it <laughs> and people liked what that expression was and it spoke to them. Right. And so I think the second part is that is is showing a film and getting a response from the audience. And of course, you know, you have we have amazing film critics. We have amazing um, media outlets that review our work and, you know, give great reviews uh, sometimes. 
but I think for me personally, it's more about when people come up to me after the screening, they're saying, wow, that really spoke to me. Like that really stuck in my mind. Like you said, Awakening kind of took you, drew you into this world a little bit in the visual EP. I think that for me is a success. Uh, it's to know that those two things are happening, that I express myself as well as that is positively impacting people's lives in some way is that success for me. Speaking of heroes, what uh, what person or what moment inspired you uh, to even pursue it more, pursue filmmaking more? So like, for example, for me, um, one of the films that, um, and this is going to be embarrassing, but I stick with it. I own my truth. Yeah. Um, is the chipmunk adventure. I saw that at five and I knew then that I, I wanted to do this. And yeah. even though it was an animated film, I, I love the, the moment moments throughout that film that just enthralled me and was just like, this is real and this world exists and I want to do this for other people. Um, yeah. So that's one of the films. <laughs> I know that is so embarrassing. I was that, amazing. <laughs> that that did it for me, or or seeing um, Conan the Barbarian uh, wielding a sword, or you know, The Matrix. Mm -hmm. These are films that are really impactful for me. So, do you have those types of films for you that just speak yeah. to? Yeah, yeah, man. So many. First of all, okay. Uh, but I just pick out a couple. I think, of course, like as a like as a kid, just kind of sitting in front of the TV and watching movies. I love like what everybody else did, Willy Wonka and Chocolate okay. Factory, <laughs> you know, Back to the Future. I love those those movies. But I would say, you know, more as an adult and as I've kind of grown, of course, you know, Spike Lee and his work. But Malcolm X. Malcolm wow. X is one of my favorite movies because of so can I even explain it? But like it's just the truth, the authenticity, and the and the boldness and the power of telling a story about a, a a black historical figure like Malcolm X, and the the truth and the impact you know that he's had. I just Malcolm X is like one of my favorite movies, and I, I watch it. I've watched it so many times, and I, I try to you know dissect it in so many different ways. But it, it just I think came together so well. And there's a Washington's performance is just like breathtaking. And I think it's amazing that a film like that is on film, it's been made and it's, it lives on forever. You know, it continues the legacy of Malcolm X. And um, I love, I love that. And I, you know, again, I also aspire to tell stories like that, you know? Um, so, so that's one that I think I always go to and I always think about, and when I was in film school, I discovered a filmmaker, uh, Christoph Kieslowski. And okay. people that's heard me talk before, they've heard me talk about Kieslowski, but he's a Polish director. And he had this trilogy called um, Blue, Red, and White. Okay. And his film called Blue is, when I saw it, it just, it just blew me away because it has like this quasi mystical vibe to it. it and, and a lot of, I think his story always looks at like this, the side of life that we don't talk about, you know, it says it's the side of life that we don't realize. It's a sense of wonder and uh, magic realism. And so I like stuff like that. I like stories that, that deal with time, like Benjamin Button, you know, like stories that help you think about time and about life differently. 
okay. uh, tree of life, um, stories like that. I love, love, love those. And so I'm working on a feature film right now that kind of has that quasi mystical vibe. You know, it's, it's a romantic drama with a hint of fantasy. And Christoph Kieslowski and Andre Troposkowski's are uh, major influences for me as a filmmaker. And of course, Spike Lee and nice. John Singleton. So, so. nice. Um, I have to thank you too. Uh, you were one of the people, um, I know I'm sounding like a fan or like, a, um, just like a, I'm fanning out too much over how much I'm learning from you and that I've watched. Uh, it was because of you that you introduced me to one of my favorite films of 2019, which was Waves. Yes. Yeah, you did the interview and, um, at first I was like, eh, I don't know. Uh -huh. And I kept looking at it and I read the interview and I was like, okay. Let me go check this out. Yeah. When I tell you that film took me on a roller coaster ride, um, I saw it at the East Street Cinema. Uh -huh. And I left feeling, number one, I love the camera movement. I love the color, um, uh -huh. the way it was used to uh, express some of the story elements, especially um, uh, towards the middle of the film when something tragic happens. Um, I don't want to give it away for those who haven't seen it, but I did a review yeah. on it. Um, check out episode one. But that <laughs> film, literally, I added it to my list of one of my favorite films that truly has inspired me. And I literally just thought about it just now because I remember I wouldn't have learned about it uh, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for you. So I tell people all the time, go see waves, go see waves. But um, again, it's great. Uh, thank you so much for exposing me to that film. Yeah, and It's in my iTunes library right now. Um, Sterling K. Brown, everyone in it was just awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think the director, he did an amazing job. I love some of the shots in the car and the 360. 360. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that was so good. And um, I was hoping it would have gotten a little bit more attention than it did during award season. But I also understand um, it was a lot going on at that time. But yeah, good choice. Thank you so much for introducing me to that. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you... Uh, if you had to pick one specific or one nugget of wisdom to give to someone who's thinking about being a uh, a director, producer, or a writer, because those are all three things that you mentioned, um, along with all the other things that you do. But I, I want to focus on those three. If you had to pick a nugget or just something to motivate someone to pursue that dream, uh, what advice would you give? I think one as big as relationships, right? Okay. That you can have a great story, but if you don't have the relationships that can lead to it getting seen, then it's, it's a lot harder. Uh, so trying to find places to build relationships laterally is, is huge. Like going to those film festivals and meeting other people. I mean, I, I would say I've been to Sundance. This, is, this year would be the third year in a row. And from going to Sundance, I'm working with people that I probably never would have met. And they're amazing people. Yes, it costs a little bit to go to to go to Utah uh, to be there, but it's very worth it. So I would say film festivals are really great if you can get into to some of those rooms and some of to, to some of those uh, panel discussions and stuff like that, where you're really able to talk to people and you're there for a week. You can set up another okay. meeting after you meet them initially. You follow up with them after the festival. You really vibe with them in some way. That's major. I think that's really helpful. Uh, I would say 
Um, I think that that what I'm learning, you know, is like when it come down when it comes down to it, you still have to have a great story. Right. Like they both have to. Someone said on a call, production call we had the other day, they're like, you know, a great story has to meet business at some point. Like the story can be wonderful, but if it does not meet business and it doesn't make sense for the business of the film, then it may not happen. So I think also thinking about and learning much as you can about the business side of filmmaking, I think uh, would be very helpful. Too. Yeah. Um, God has a sense of humor because when I was thinking about film school, I was trying to get into the production side mm -hmm. of things. That mm -hmm. was where my head was. But um, the program that I wanted, it honestly didn't work with my uh, work schedule. Mm -hmm. And so I did the producer's program. And looking back on it, I feel like it was a better decision because it exposed me to so much on the business end that I could not even think about. And it's helped me to enjoy um, uh, uh, critics, how they uh, talk about films creatively, but then also um, mm -hmm. just entertainment news, understanding right. why the box office is important or, or how streaming yeah. come into play now. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have appreciated as much if I didn't take the business track that I did. Um, That's so, wonderful. Yeah, it's so yeah. true what you were saying. It um, is. I'm still learning the business side. So. Yeah, well, and, but it's it's evolving. That's another thing that I'm noticing too, especially now. I mean, theaters haven't been open for almost a year. Yeah. And I think studios, um, it's interesting seeing them trying to figure out, um, you know, what's the best next thing to do um, and learning why things can't go to streaming right away because of all the contracts and, and yeah. negotiations that have to happen yeah. so companies can move the way that they're supposed to. It's such an intri intricate uh, world that um, I know it's horrible to say, but it, it's it's exciting to me because it's just interesting to see how they're going to evolve um, with how films are distributed. But then at the same time, it gets me thinking about, okay, well, what other ways can I get a story out or what can I do until I can make it to the theater or whatever platform? Mm -hmm. um, I think, this being in COVID, that's definitely one thing that I think has um, helped us a lot is like, yeah, coming up with new ideas about where we can show. Everybody's online yeah. so much more than we were before. And we're getting more comfortable with, with doing stuff like this, yes. <laughs> you know, doing virtual interviews and virtual having virtual conversations and watching films virtually. Yeah. So I think being on top of that, like that change and where you can put it out and where people can see it and make, you know, potentially do some VOD or something uh, is, is, is huge. And, you know, one other thing I'm realizing too, and just talking to some of my other friends is like, you know, before, before the social uprising, um, everything with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd this summer, there were a lot of uh, projects that were about Black people, Black stories or by Black filmmakers that were kind of just still in a dis like development stage and not quite greenlit. But as soon as this has kind of happened, they've been they've been able to get meetings. They've even been able to get it greenlit. <laughs> um, project I'm working on right now. The reason why they're bringing me in is because they're looking for African American director. You know, they're they're looking for that talent. I mean, production companies are actually asking for that. And so, you know, we hope that now, as aspiring, you know, filmmakers and up and coming filmmakers, that this time lasts that this 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 moment of inclusivity um, of people of color and stories 
of color continues, you know, because we know this happened, of course, in the 90s, um, where there were so many black stories on television, in theaters. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, with, with, with Black Panther and that being such a major film and movies like that and the social uprising, the time and the society changing, that hopefully this changes everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I think for the first time, um, and I remember the 90s boom as well. I think what I'm excited about now is that we're starting to expand uh, beyond the the tropes and stereotypes that were normally put in. So for me personally, seeing Lovecraft Country, for example, um, mm -hmm. we're talking about now we're in spaces of horror and, and sci-fi and, and fantasy. Oh, you know, I never thought um, that I would get to see that and it be done in multiple uh, platforms and outlets. Um, of course, I give homage to Robert Townsend, uh, who did Meteor Man. That movie will always hold a special place in my heart because, right. in essence, he was one of the first directors to try to create a Black superhero. He did it, you know, and it, it was something to look at that gave me hope and excitement for it just to be in that space creatively. Um, and so I'm I'm excited just to see us expanding beyond, you know, urban dramas, which nothing is wrong with urban dramas, but we have so many different stories to tell. Um, and like you said, I hope that it keeps going on um, for years, decades, centuries to come. So. It's important to see us in different different ways. And there's different, Yes, I'm not going to go on all that, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I got you, though. Yeah. Um, Terrell, thank you. Terrell, thank you so much uh, for being on the B-Signal podcast. I was excited to ask you. I was nervous to ask. But, oh. uh, no, seriously, I highly revere you. I respect you. Um, and I thank you for taking time to be on the show. Same here, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been great. And thank you for watching the B-Signal podcast. My name is B. Anthony, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye.